カハンニャハラミタシンギョー Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. So good morning. Good morning. Everyone, good to see you here this morning. Good to see you all on Zoom. It's nice to see so many smiling faces up there on the screen. Great to be with you.、Uh, it's a gorgeous morning here in Manhattan, in New York City. Sun shining, it's nice weather. I think we're in like going up to the 60s today.、Um, but fall is definitely in the air. The leaves are beginning to turn in certain places around our neighborhood. You can see them just beginning to turn. A reminder. That we're all here for a borrowed amount of time. We're not here for eternity. Although maybe we are, but in this body. So take care of it. So this morning I wanted to talk a little bit about the three jewels that, we'll be,、uh, that we're studying in our year long precept study.、Uh, Today, we'll be looking at the three jewels the Buddha, Dharma, Sangha,、uh, three refuges.、Uh, so, those of you who are in our precepts course, both here and on Zoom, that's what we'll be touching on this afternoon. So, the three jewels are Buddha, teacher, which refers to the historical Buddha, the original teacher. He was not a god, an alien. He was a human being, just like us. The Dharma, the teachings, start with the fundamental truths that the Buddha himself taught the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path. And the Sangha, the community. The term Sangha was traditionally referred to monastics、uh, and to lay practitioners within that community that took care of the、uh, monastics. So, this has changed a little bit in the West now. We, are, we use the word Sangha as community.、Um, and it generally means the community of Buddhist. Practitioners. And you will often hear people speak about my Sangha, meaning the Buddhist community they belong to. My Sangha in the Buddhist community. So just hold on to that for a minute.
So I wanted to talk a little bit how the Sangha, the teachings, the Sangha and the, really the Dharma teachings showed up for me this morning. I left our apartment, got out of our apartment, stepped out of the elevator, and our door person said, morning, Cho. <laughs> and I let him get away with it, but don't any of you try it. It's, it's Cho Do. He always says, morning, Cho. Have a good Sunday. You too, I said. Louis. His name's Lewis. <laughs> and he laughs. So I step out onto 24th Street and I'm walking down the street and you know, the sun's shining. I got up early this morning and um, you know, people are out there walking their dogs, you know. We're, yeah, we're in, even Chelsea on 24th Street. Looking at their dogs, little dogs, big dogs, medium sized dogs. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's like, come on, we've been there for a year now in our neighborhood. and. Um, getting to know the folks with their dogs and they're actually getting to say good morning to them back to us. And um, so I walked to Starbucks on 8th Avenue, which is my daily routine. My forbidden fruit is my triple espresso with a splash of soy. And I do it on my app. And I'm, to I'm always confused by the bloody thing. I Last week I ordered it on 114th Street. <laughs> I've ordered probably from every Starbucks in the city. Press, press, press. Coach will tell you how confused I get with the bloody phone. And usually the guy in Starbucks laughs and says, all right, I'll help. And uh, um, there's one particular barista there. And there. My impression of them and my perception of them is that they're very sad. They have a very difficult life. And, you know, they have a sullen face and they barely make eye contact. And whenever I see them, I get slightly intimidated by them. Uh, maybe fear crops up for their affect towards me, towards everyone, but and to me in particular, I, I feel that I'm being. Can you hear me okay over there? Yeah, okay. This group. Do, do I need to speak up? Yes. Should I start from the very beginning? So this particular person, this particular barista, often intimidates me, or usually intimidates me, because I feel triggered for many, many reasons. Anyway, um, so the, this morning I go into the, I go to the counter and I see trailer on the label, and it looks like it's half soy milk and half espresso. It's like it's just this big grande cup full of soy milk. And I'm like, oh Christ. I said, I'm sorry, but this, you know, I'm apologizing. I'm sorry, but this is not what I ordered. And they said, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> and then I get out my app and I, say, and I show, look, it says splash of soy. 
totally not interested in. What do you want me to do about it? I said, I'd like, could you, I'd like a do-over, please. So they did the do-over. And I feel like one of those, you know, those people that walk in and they get all whiny because they don't have, what is it, dark roast or something, and they take it as a personal affront, you know. Why don't you have my pike, roast pike, whatever it's called, or whatever it is. And they get all like up in, up in the barista's face. And that's not me, you know, I'm just, I'm being very apologetic. Look, it's the wrong one. So they take it from me, throw it in the sink, then do the, you know, pour a fresh one. And they place it on the counter just far enough away that I have to reach over the customer and other customers are there to get it. And all the time my heart's beating and I, I'm getting, and I'm also getting angry by their um, kind of passive aggressiveness towards me. And I think towards most customers in there. And I always feel really sad when I leave there. Koshin knows of whom I speak. And Koshin always says, you know, you don't know what kind of day they've had. You know, don't get too caught up. And yesterday I was walking along 23rd Street and um, there was, as some of you may have noticed, this, this man, it was you as, uh, as you were arriving yesterday for Zazenkai, he had his shopping cart and it was throwing all his stuff all over the street. It was like dirty clothes and newspapers and plastic bottles. And um, just throwing the plastic bottles into the, into the street. I'm getting a look. I can't believe you can't. Can you hear me okay? Maybe close the window. Koshin's giving me I'm speaking up as loud as I can. Is that better? Shall I begin again from the beginning? So this guy was throwing his stuff all over the street. And I think to myself, wow, how sad. What were the causes and conditions that led this person to be on the street with a shopping cart, throwing his shit all over the place and cussing? cursing to himself and to whoever walks by. If you've never been homeless, it's not fun. So I just imagine the people walking by him, totally oblivious. Not to what he's doing, because you can't avoid that, but to who this person is, who this person was. How did he get to this place? And then when we came in here yesterday morning, the place was 
packed. Those of you who were here for the Zazenkai yesterday, remember the, there wasn't an empty cushion in the place and there was kind of chaos because, you know, were there enough cushions for the people and we're all kind of running around and taking the hajiki out, bringing it back in. Um, it all worked out in the end and the screen was full. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful morning. And everyone, uh, the whole community in relationship to each other in such a beautiful way. Uh, and this is what, for me, our sangha is about. Helping each other out, seeing each other, actually seeing each other, for the most part. I want to go back to the description of sangha in these three jewels. The term sangha has traditionally referred to monastics in whom lay practitioners take refuge. This has changed in the West where sangha has come to mean the community of Buddhist practitioners generally, both monastic and lay. Buddhists here also, also use the word to describe a community of, or group. And you will often hear people talk about my sangha. I'm emphasizing the word my, my sangha meaning the Buddhist community. So I'm emphasizing my and Buddhist here. Which of the people that I've spoken about so far are not part of your community? Are not part of our Sangha? Whether they're in this room, nicely dressed, well-fed, and those of you on Zoom too, which of those are not part of your sangha, the maha sangha, the sangha outside of here? My sangha, the Buddhist community. Is the barista in the Buddhist community? Is the guy throwing his shit all over the sidewalk part of the Buddhist community? We don't know. But do we automatically assume that that's not me? They're not, they're not my community. And last week I spoke of uh, the hundreds of immigrants, refugees, homeless, Folks, women and children, men, women and children are coming into Port Authority on a daily basis. Thousands of them so far. Are they not part of our community? Because we're not sitting in Port Authority. We're not watching the news. They're not us, they're different to me. So who is part of your Sangha? Who do you recognize as your community or not? Everyone, everyone has an opinion of why, how, when, where, what. And at the end of the day, all these people are our community. 
I'm so grateful for the sangha that we have communi- that we have um, created here. Hopefully, when I get to the point where I can no longer remember any of my vocabulary, which seems to be slipping each year, it's like vapor trails, like words just disappear before they're formulated. I say to Koshin, what's that word I'm looking for? And he says, love. <laughs> I, um, you, something, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? I, 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 love you, right, 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 that's it. <laughs> the word Koshin uses more often than not now is rude. <laughs> I've got this game going with Koshin now because it drives me crazy when he says rude. So every time he says this, it's $2. <laughs> it's like the swear box. So I'm now up to, with this last one, $88 since Friday. <laughs> oh, here it is, created. So many bodhisattvas doing such great work, both our Sangha here and on Zoom, in the Zoom-do, making food accessible for the food insecure, feeding the unhoused in church basements, taking care of patients in hospitals, One of our Sangha members just this Thursday came and gave an hour and a half almost out of their time, out of their incredibly busy schedule as a doctor to meet with me and someone that I'm working with who is living with stage four terminal cancer and uh, really helped to put her mind at rest, answering so many questions no question of this person not doing this. This is part of their service, their bodhisattva practice. And I saw the woman again the next morning. She was bowled over by the fact that someone took time out of their incredibly busy life to be of help in this way. We have Sangha members taking care of one of our, our own Sangha members who is having their own difficulties now with their, the onset of dementia or Alzheimer's and helping them get them from one place to the next, doctor's visits, friends' visits. No question, just doing it. We have the Maha Sangha, the Great Sangha, right there on the screen. Those who live at a distance, but are here with us every Sunday morning and Monday evenings and Wednesdays when they're able, part of the community, not separate. We've done everything we can to include our Zoom Sangha.
all of those too doing great work and practicing diligently. So many different flavors. No talk, no Dharma talk of mine would be complete without Zen Master Raven. I'll speak up. Zen Master Raven. Christ's sake. What is the way? Copperhead, big snake. Zen Master Raven, for those who are, are unfamiliar with, is a a Zen teacher, uh, and he's uh, there community are all forest animals. Beautiful collection of stories, koans written by Robert Aitken Roshi. What is the way? Copperhead came by one evening unannounced. Mole made himself scarce. Owl, woodpecker, and grouse set up a clatter. Copper said, excuse me everybody, I came for the great law, not for my dinner. Get it? Copperhead snake, raven, mole disappeared. Get it? Yeah. This is just a by-the-by setup to the koa, to the part to the story. Excuse me, everybody. I came for the great law, not for my dinner. The birds quieted down, but mole did not return. Raven asked, Do you have a question? Yes, said Copperhead. I'm really interested in the way but I don't seem to have the right livelihood for it. Raven said, the way does not depend on your livelihood. And Copperhead asked, what is the way? And Raven said, we'd be totally lost without you. What is the way? We'd be totally lost without you. I think of the barista. I don't know her life. I don't know why she seems so unhappy all the time. I don't know what the causes and conditions created the man outside to be throwing stuff all over the sidewalk and cursing at everyone. I don't know why the man, the person, if you've ever been here early enough on a Saturday or Sunday morning, the person that's in the farthest bathroom with all their baggages, they sleep there. On Friday night and Saturday night, they sleep in the bathroom. And you'll go in after them, there's paper towels everywhere because they've washed and cleaned themselves up in the bathroom. I don't know why they're there what created those causes and conditions. But I do know I would be lost without them. If I didn't recognize the suffering. I 
I push them out of my mind, then not me. These are the three, these are one of the three jewels, this Sangha that we speak of. They're the foundation of our practice. The Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, the three refuges. Take care of them. Protect them, respect them. Because ultimately what you're doing is protecting and respecting yourself and others. I'm going to finish with another teaching from Zen Master Roshi, Zen Master Raven Roshi, if I can find it. Ah, I folded the, folded the wrong way. So this uh, teaching was so, for me, appropriate this morning. You know, one of those days, which I didn't do just this moment ago, but you open the page and there it is. You open the book and there's the page. So this weekend, a number of folks came into the Dokusan room and they were talking about um, how they get nervous when they're chanting or passing out the books or how they feel that they're not doing it correctly or um, They're afraid that um, they're looking silly, that uh, they may be in a new job and not feeling that they're quite up to it yet and making mistakes and people are judging. And so this little ditty came on to my page this morning. Mistakes. Grouse said, I feel very nervous when I lead our recitation of the sutras. And Raven said, mistakes are part of the ritual. When we make mistakes, when we feel that we're doing it incorrectly, and people are judging, mistakes are part of the ritual. This is our life. We're going to make mistakes. It's all part and parcel of it. That's what I got.